Hello, this is Reb Brad. We took a break last week as I led during a former player's memorial service at our stadium ground. The week ended, too, with our organization's biannual board of directors retreat up in the mountains of Colorado, so it's good to be back. Well, with the season of fall now upon us, part of the time that I spent up in the mountains was reflecting on the seasons of change that we go through in life. The picture I selected for the podcast this week shows evidence of a seasonal change. In Colorado, when the aspen trees change color, there's a massive rush of cars and people into the mountains to tour and view and see the different colors. Now, we don't have, admittedly, as many colors as maybe back east in the United States, but we've got our fair share of gold up in our hills. Well, what got me really thinking about um, was the place where we held our retreat. Driving up on Friday, I had noticed a sprinkle or two of color in and among the trees, most of them green. But I had to go back up to the cabin today because I forgot something. And as I drove, the color and the change impressed me. And I was asking myself, where was this just a few days ago? Now, maybe it was just me blundering along and not noticing, but I was shocked at how much change had happened in just a short period of time. The truth is, though, that the change was happening much earlier than me just seeing it afresh a few days later. And this is true of us and with God. So let me pull in something else. Last week, one of the chaplains with Soccer Chaplains United called me right before a pre-match prayer time. The subject was going to be on prayer, and so the question that they posed was, why do we pray? Well, one of the first thoughts that I had was that we often pray in order to tell God our needs. Sometimes we pray because we feel that we might change God's mind, or we might get Him to act on behalf of us. Still others have said that prayer doesn't really change God, it more so changes me. And that in the season and time of praying and drawing close to God, we start to realize something new, something different, as we see our own understanding or thinking toward a situation or something else change. Well, as I processed more with the chaplain, I was taken back to some of my own faith story, and I was reminded of the time when, as a young man, I prayed to get accepted into West Point Military Academy. Growing up, I had one of those childhood dreams of being an Army officer. Now, I can say with certainty today, some 30 years later, that I'm glad God did not answer that prayer. I don't think military service was really my calling. And while I can see other things that God did in and through that prayer, He really changed me to get me to the point of of the work that I do today. I say this because as a young teenager, one of my prayers was, God, please don't make me be a pastor. (laughs) Well, I prayed this because my mom would say all the time growing up, you're going to be a pastor. And maybe most of you can agree that we don't often want to become what mom or dad tell us we're going to become. But God knew better, and he had a plan. So when the door to West Point Military Academy closed, and when every other service academy and institution, and even ROTC rejected me for various reasons, I had grown by then in my prayers to understand that I needed to relinquish my dreams to God. Now hear me, this doesn't mean that we give up on our dreams It simply means that we surrender to what God is wanting to do, to us, in us, through us. Do you remember how Jesus taught us to pray? He taught his disciples, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Remember? He goes on to say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. You see, if we pray with an attitude of surrender, we begin to see some beautiful and wonderful things that God has in store for us. 
that perhaps we might never believe ourselves is even happening or could happen. I think this is why David writes in Psalm 37, 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, God knows us deeply. He knows us best. So as we walk with him, as we talk with him, as we pray, who better than God to show us or give us the things that are deep within us? Now, when I was a teenager, that desire of my heart was less clear. Looking back, I might be able to say that there was something inside of me that wanted to serve people and protect them. Today, I understand my calling and my gifting more as a spiritual shepherd. My role as chaplain is to guard people who might be preyed upon and to comfort people who might be wounded or hurt and also to rescue people who may have strayed off the path or are lost. I remember two significant moments in my teenage years that helped me in the orientation of my prayers around this. The first was a call to surrender my dreams to God. I recall at a youth gathering where a speaker said, unless you give God the little things in your life, how can you expect him to do big things? Now, I have no clue who was speaking, uh, what he was talking about preceding that, or what verse or part of the Bible he was speaking on, but it struck me that I needed to give God my dream of West Point. Not that I wouldn't try to get to West Point, but that I would surrender it to God and go only if he would open the way. And of course, he didn't. The second pivotal moment came from a sermon about two years later. It was a simple reminder that I belonged to God, that I was his child, and that by committing myself to him, he would lead. The words of Proverbs 3, 6 powerfully rang in my heart and in my ears, even as I had already faced a number of rejections for my dreams. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Friends, I don't know if you trust God, let alone anyone. A lot of people in football, especially on the professional side of the game, struggle to trust anyone. And it's certainly countercultural to surrender or submit to anyone, to let our guard down or to let other people in. But I've learned that God is different. I've learned that in my times and seasons of change, that God is usually working behind the scenes of the things that trouble me most. And when he's not working in the situations, he's working right inside of me, strengthening me, preparing me, stabilizing me. Maybe during this fall season, or during one of life's fall seasons, where the leaves begin to show the colors of change, you might ask yourself, Do I trust God? Do I trust Him with all my heart? If you don't, let me encourage you to pray about whatever season of change you find yourself in. You know, maybe it's your last season as a footballer. You're thinking of retiring. Or maybe there's something else going on. Maybe you're considering what the next chapter of school or life or a relationship with someone might be. Whatever that season of change, pray about it. Lift it up to God and watch. Watch as he makes lasting change in you or in your circumstances. Let me leave you with this prayer, adapted from Thomas Merton and published in Celtic Daily Prayer. You can find it on page 901 of Book 2 of Celtic Daily Prayer. Here it is. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. 
I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I'm doing. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, although I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. This is Rev, coming to you from the Touchline.